What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. Today, we are joined yet again by your boy, Bo, your boy, Joey, and it's your boy, Brady. And we are talking again comics. And I apologize for the delay. Completely my fault as I was moving or in the process of moving and uh, made everybody delay for a week. So we are back now, though, and we are ready to go and talk about everything. How's everybody feeling? I personally am feeling fantastic, and I love that both of us, within the first 10 episodes of the podcast, has have forced a delay due to moving. We picked a, a wonderful time uh, to start a podcast as we're making big changes in our lives. Mm-hmm. Bo, are you next up? When, when's your move date? I was just going to say, like, I'm feeling like tired, pretty exhausted, but apparently that's just from uh, carrying the consistency of this podcast on my back, just trying <laughs> to make up for you two slackers. Now it all makes so much sense. It does. It actually does. So today, everybody, we are talking about comics yet again. Um, we are reading, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but we are reading up to the next uh, MCU releases. Is that correct? Who knows what we're doing at this point? Yeah, that was the original game plan. <laughs> uh, we're just winging it at this point. But yeah, um, we're we're gonna have to do a little reconfiguring. But basically, we're trying to line up some of our big comic readings with some of the big MCU events. That next one is, as far as Disney Plus goes, like the uh, Secret Invasion TV show that we're all looking forward to. Trying to read that uh, comic story or or crossover event before. We see that on the big screen, but I'm assuming that's going to be like a one, two issue premiere. And then we just kind of chit chat every Wednesday. So I think we've got some time before they really drop the the big finale. Awesome. And we are uh, starting off our reading today with uh, Avengers Disassembled 500 through 504, I believe it was. And then Secret Wars 1 through 5 to get us caught up. I'm sorry, Brady. It's Secret War 1 through 5. Not to be confused. Yes, not to be confused with Secret Wars of the 1980s or Secret Wars of the 2010s. I I believe I was thinking Avengers and added the S at the end. Secret War... one through well, that's five. just the that's the Pataskla from you because it's Kroger's and Myers and we we add an S to everything and that's uh, that's from our Grammys I believe I think that's a that's a that's a local Ohio Grammys thing. <laughs> Why was there never no targets? Oh, that sounds terrible. It <laughs> does sound terrible, but so does Kroger's and Myers. That's they're not real things. Well, that's, I mean, Target's in a league of its own. That's because everybody knows it's Target. <laughs> that's very true uh we were driving through the we were driving to target the other day and uh we love to make little bubby uh say target and so he always asked to go get the kurtz from target and it's <laughs> like it's just a little two-year-old saying that it's it's so adorable um but yeah target is always in my go-to as well it's, it's just that fancy caliber <laughs> It's so like my my niece Tamil who always says tar instead of car, but then gets really mad when you say tar back to her. <laughs> She's like, "No, it's tar." <laughs> so cute child stories aside, the uh, this was any this reading was anything but cute child stories. So, um, I wanted to start off as the noob of the group and say that. I wasn't expecting this when I started reading, because as you guys know, my first readings uh, was a 1980s comic series, and then we jumped right into the 60s. So jumping from that to this was interesting. Um, I will say this is way more my speed, and I was instantly hooked on this. Didn't have any issues reading those 10 comics um, once I got to them. Got them pushed through. Had a had a good time reading them. Um, I think it was. I don't. I I don't want to say this, but I think it was a little dark for me. Uh, what do What do you guys think before we get into any details? I think I've shared this a couple times in the past that I've always enjoyed the darker nature of it. Not just because like there's some kind of broken piece of me, but I I think the darker nature of comics makes it feel more 
adult in a sense. Because at the end of the day, I'm a grown man reading little tiny pictures about superheroes. And it's cooler when they're like, oh, this isn't for kids. <laughs> like, now nah, kids shouldn't be reading this. But no, I mean, all self-justification aside, <laughs> I, I like it because I think it adds depth. Um, it adds a lot more shock value as well, too. Uh, like some of the stuff that happens, you're like, oh, whoa, like you mentioned, <laughs> wasn't wasn't expecting that. But it's cool to hear your take on it as well, too. This was kind of my first impression to, to comics. So I was hook, line, and sinker right from the get-go. Yeah, it's, it's definitely very different from early comics, for sure. And the, the switch that we've made in this podcast, just watching Brady experience such vastly different styles of comics is is quite interesting but it yeah it's very dark but i i also kind of enjoy it you know it it the early comics can lean so much into the optimism and like happiness uh that it it leaves out that like darker side of reality i mean every now and then in history we get some crazy things that have happened and you know awful tragedies and and that's kind of what we experience here uh it makes it a little more real i think but yeah, before we get into our, our like reactions to specific things in this uh, run here, we had a request from a listener to, before we start you know, really diving into these comics, to just give a quick recap, because we know that you all probably aren't reading along with us, because we have not exactly made it clear what the reading list is to you all, and, and we do apologize for that. But yeah, just a quick recap of the the plot in Avengers Disassembled here. So, the, um, so this is where I'll interrupt you, Joey, and say, if you would like to read along, please pause right now and go read Avengers Disassembled number 500 to 504 and Secret War 1 through 5. Please continue, Joey. Yes, and it, honestly, it'll take you all of like 45 minutes if you just want to blaze through it real quick. Should I read the plot to both of these? storylines that we read or should i just should we just do this one at a time let's do it one at a time because i i personally think that while these were recommended as kind of like an entryway into this era of comics um they're they're quite different you could read the two of these apart as i think most of us did and uh not even reckon like necessarily know that they lined up so i i viewed them as two different stories not a whole lot crossing over there so let, let's Go one at a time. That's my vote. Brady, you don't get a vote. Go ahead, Joey. <laughs> All right. So the plot summary for Avengers Disassembled. Spoilers ahead. The Avengers face the group's worst day ever as a series of unfortunate events unfolds. The believed-to-be-dead Jack of Hearts somehow self-detonates at Avengers Mansion, killing beloved Avenger Paul Rudd. Guys, Scott Lang is dead. Immediately after that, Vision crashes a Quinjet into the mansion, releasing a horde of Ultron robots onto the Avengers team. And during that fight, She-Hulk loses control of her powers, puts several members of the team in the hospital. At the same time, while all of this is unfolding in Avengers Mansion, Tony Stark is at a UN conference and somehow, while he's speaking, drunkenly loses control, threatens the nation of Latveria, uh, the call goes out for any and all Avengers to assemble to the mansion to deal with this threat of Ultron robots. When the team is joined by nearly every past member of the Avengers, the likes of the Fantastic Four, Wolverine, Spider-Man, um, they're all attacked by alien ships all of a sudden. The threats just keep coming. Uh, during this fight, Hawkeye, Jeremy Renner himself, sacrifices himself to save everyone else. And with all of these people dead and wounded, the group discusses this odd series of events. Doctor Strange shows up in, uh, you know, spirit form to reveal that he believes Wanda Maximoff, the Scarlet Witch, is in uh, in the or to blame here. She is responsible for apparently losing control of her reality-altering powers and. Magneto arrives, takes Wanda, who is his daughter, by the way, to an undisclosed location for Professor X to help her, and then the Avengers are left to grieve and mourn their fallen members, and we get a kind of a funeral for the fallen members while the group reflects upon the best moments of their team before deciding once and for all to disassemble, and we have no more Avengers. 
Well so boys. said, Joey. <laughs> Great recap. So, um, awesome. I'll see you guys next week. <laughs> so, here's my take as the noob. I loved this because um, I'm watching MCU. That's my my indication into it. And I don't... I think the MCU did a great job of bringing the Wanda Maximoff child story into it. Um, and this is this is still disassembled, right? I'm not spoiling anything for Secret War yet, right? Not right. Okay. Uh, Secret War. They bring um, Wanda Maximoff story into it, and I felt like they were connected. Like the comic was connected to what I watched in the MCU, and it felt really close. So, I mean, I learned some things in it as well. Had no idea that Wanda was uh, Magneto's daughter. That was a crazy spoiler. What? Yeah. Spoiler alert. Oh, um, wow. Okay. Yeah, had no idea that that was a thing. Thought that was interesting. Um, really enjoyed, like I said, you know, the, the children aspect again. I love WandaVision. I think it's a great show. And seeing seeing her refer to i had children again and seeing how it could play out play out i really i thought it was a really cool you know little sub story to that so i i enjoyed this whole this whole thing oh also she hulk's awesome so i do love she hulk honestly <laughs> and my favorite part of this bo you you always say that you're a big fan of a team up how awesome was that like last panel was it in issue one the first issue or was it the second one where all of the past members of the avengers all assemble at the mansion to fight yeah that was that was my background for a little while it's not in the first issue i think it might be the second if not even the third um but I know exactly what you're talking about, where they're, where they're standing outside. Nick Fury's basically like, yo, you guys got to leave. This is a crime scene. Um, but to see all of them come in, I've watched it several times on like YouTube, like every Avenger member ever. So I think that that's so cool. And there's a lot of, a lot of deep cuts in there. But um, I think the thing that was most surprising to me as an avid Avenger fan um, was just the starting line of, of this. Like, obviously, we hop in. This is avengers issue 500 that's a lot of avengers issues and the way that this takes off is at the end of a very very long run of avengers comics but as brian michael bendis hops in and starts this soon to be epic era of him doing the avengers prior to this i think he'd just done like daredevil um moon knight wasn't yet and maybe ultimate spider-man was before this i can't remember the timeline of that um but he's soon to take in this Avengers run, which is a lot of these big crossover events that happen. Uh, like, this is what they call kind of the prelude to Civil War, Secret Invasion, House of M, um, all those kind of huge events that, it, like Brady mentioned, have been at, like adapted into movies and TV shows. And man, you did not know that <laughs> Wanda was uh magneto's daughter that's crazy i think of her originally because even in the mcu i was like oh okay this is a cool twist her and pietro quicksilver uh i think like brotherhood of evil mutants like i thought it was weird that they didn't mention it at the time but once i learned about like the contract rights and not being able to mention the x-men and mutants and things like that it made sense to me but um i i like the version that we have in the mcu and yeah looking at wandavision this was a a cool little entryway into that. It gets even deeper in future comics that we'll read here together about that aspect of kind of how she handles the the uh, news that her children were made up. But <laughs> talk about dropping the bomb when uh, <laughs> Janet Van Dyne's just kind of sitting in the pool and lets, lets that ball drop. That was unfortunate. How, how do you guys feel about her quote-unquote killing vision? Like, that was like crazy to me that, you know... I don't know. I, yeah, yeah was, I mean, it's, it just shows kind of the, the true chaos nature of it as well, too. Like, for her to kill anybody at this point, it's not the Wanda that anybody knows. And then it kind of gets to the point where we've, we've realized, like, how she's got to this point, how much control is she really in as this happens. Like, they, they know and love her back when, I mean, she joined the Avengers in Cap's kooky quartet with 
her brother Quicksilver and, and Hawkeye and, and Captain America. So she's been a long founding Avenger for quite some time leading up to this. And uh, yeah, that's definitely not a side that they had seen of her prior because she kind of had that. What's, what's the word where you kind of get some re- redemption as a, as a hero? There's one specific word I can't remember, but yeah, this team was pretty epic to begin with. You've got um, the, the standard Avengers of like Wasp, Iron Man, Captain America, Yellow Jacket, Hawkeye, and, and Scarlet Witch. Um, some people on there, like Captain Britain wasn't one, especially this version of Kelsey Lay was not like a version that I was super familiar with. Um, but yeah, then to go in and see like Jack of Hearts return is just another deep cut. And then to see both Scott Lang and Hank Pym on the same team, like this was, this is definitely a cool, cool kind of event in the Avengers. Yeah. Hank Pym, who, uh, you know, is yellow jacket at this point, he has been Ant-Man. He's been giant man. Now he's yellow jacket. Um, but it doesn't matter because the only thing he's ever going to be known for is creating Ultron. That was kind of a deep scene. There's kind of a lot of deep, deep hits in this uh, run. Like a lot, Avengers kind of self-analyzing and and getting real introspective. It's it's kind of interesting to see, like like we said earlier, the darker side of all of these Avengers as things unfold. And and yeah, Wanda especially who. Just I, you know, Bo, you mentioned earlier, like she's she's been an Avenger. She is, she's you know, been on the side of good for a really long time. She left the Brotherhood of Mutants, but she also killed Vision, which I think illustrates how little she actually is in control. And the that is kind of like the only reason that at the end she can kind of be potentially redeemable. Um, and, and potentially come back to the side of good. But yes, Brady, uh, knowing that Wanda is Magneto's daughter is kind of crucial to some of the storylines that are coming up. So it's good that you got introduced to that as well. <laughs> yeah, the death of Vision here was was nuts because I think, I can't remember who specifically says that. I think it was actually Wonder Man. But when they're recapping like their favorite avenger moments throughout history they're like oh this one might actually be in poor taste but one of my favorite avengers and i think it was as far as like issues and stuff go it was the giant size one of the giant size avengers um issues or, or comic runs that came out where it was the the wedding of wanda and vision and just how crucial that was to like avengers history and then when you think of one you don't really think of one without the other be it in comics or mcu the ways that they've been portrayed and yeah just to straight murder him like that like uh it, it was tough and then as far as weddings and stuff go i thought you talked about some of like the deeper moments and stuff i thought it was crazy to kind of see we started reading these really really old entry comics and we had our opinions about how hank Pym met janet um ant-man and the wasp and then we see this which is fast 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 forward however many years and uh, you can see that they've already like divorced and have these marriage problems and Janet's been with other people. And there's like Hank has this deep, deep trauma about him. Um, it gets kind of real. And I love that. I'm pretty sure Hank Pym was an abusive husband at some point prior to what we're reading, if I remember correctly. But yeah, um, Brady, <laughs> anything that you'd like to add here? Um, I did have one last thing on this comic, but outside of that, I think we've pretty much touched on most of what I had to talk about on this one. The two things that I had that I wanted to throw here at the end is one, I really hope the MCU expands on Wanda going crazy. It started in WandaVision. I hope, I hope it goes further. I cannot, I love that storyline. I love like the Wanda is, you know, turning to the the dark arts and and I, I I just hope they expand on it more. I know they teased it at the end of WandaVision, spoilers sorry, but I I love the storyline and the comic I mean like I said, reading the comic made me like actually go like, man, I can't wait for this to part maybe be a part of MCU or based on or something. I just it's it's interesting. And then I don't know, have you guys I guess we need to set this. Have you guys read this before or is this your first time reading it as well? For disassemble. 
I have read this before because I read it right before I read House of M, which I think we're going to read in a couple of weeks. I've read this before as well, yeah. Um, This was... The the pathway that we're going to take as far as events go was kind of like how I started myself off. I did a lot of research before hopping into comics of like, what's the best way to go? And this is actually one of the main entryway points that a lot of people suggest. Uh, I, I got it straight off of Comic Book Herald where they kind of like set this as like the the set marker and then you follow this certain order so um i definitely read it yeah joey like what you mentioned um tie a lot of tie into house of them here and i i almost because it spent some time i read this <laughs> to be completely transparent like when we assigned this i read this i think all of disassembled and, and avengers finale like the first day <laughs> and then like secret war the next day after um so i i just burned through those um a lot of recap but it was, it was cool seeing all those again but i get it confused a lot with house of m and like the events of those so i didn't want to spoil anything because i know what happens in those and yeah it definitely dives a lot deeper in that as well too so um very very cool forward. story i'm i'm very curious here of well, these because there's so many people in it like who were your favorite characters like who was your favorite character out of this this whole five issue run i personally and i'm this is where i'm gonna i think wanda's my favorite character and i'm not saying like she's my she's who i want to be here she's but i like i love the character progression of you know in the start she was good she was an avenger and then something triggers her, and it was literally She-Hulk talking about her, her kids at the pool. They're literally in bathing suits. You know, 2000s, you know, softcore. And then they go into, uh, like, her freaking out and her getting, you know, kind of getting that back end of her going crazy quickly. And the development of that is probably my favorite part of Disassembled. But I was going to say, if since you guys have read this before, you didn't have this realization, but... I actually figured it out like halfway through reading Disassembled before they announced that it was Wanda or that they thought it was Wanda that I was like, oh, it's going to be freaking Wanda, isn't it? Because of, you know, doing the MCU and it was the the invasion, the Kree invasion, where they're like, why are they uh, why are they attacking us on land? They could literally just blow up the entire planet. And I'm like, oh, someone's forcing them. This is Wanda. She's yeah, going so crazy. Do we think that that Kree invasion was real, by the way, or was that just a fabric of Wanda's like creation abilities with her chaos magic? Well, what is real? No, I'm <laughs> I mean, the chaos magic had such an effect that, like, obviously there were some huge effects from this. One of which ties into who my personal this guy surprises me every time, but my favorite character in this whole thing. I think some of my favorite lines come from Spider-Man, where they're kind of questioning the effects of everything, and Spider-Man was just like, I mean, he's dead, but Vision was just kind of like a robot, right? <laughs> like, the guy's such a realist, and he drops funny lines at the most unexpected times. Love me some Spider-Man. But that, that was a, Hawkeye. A, a, Hawkeye's sorry, my that, dude. No. I gotta cut you off real quick, but <laughs> that was the other part of the comic book that I did want to mention is uh, that page where Spider-Man's talking about Vision being a robot. I had that screenshotted on my phone because he says, and I quote, no offense, I mean, he was a robot. He is a robot. If I was dating a robot, you'd all talk about me behind my back. (laughs) (laughs) And he's not wrong. Peter Parker always gets the short end of the stick. But yeah, they're trying to kind of justify what, what's happened here in some sense. But yeah, nothing like Mr. Spidey to bring it back to reality. But as I was saying before I was so rudely cut off, um, in, in terms of like the effects of what that Cree war happened, my dude, Hawkeye, Clint Barton, like it doesn't matter what's going on. He'll come in there with his bow and quiver. And he literally ran to just go grab some extra arrows specifically for this. He's like, ah, oh, I'm going to need some more arrows. And comes in, just starts taking Kree out, real or not real, it doesn't matter. They were real enough for him to, I mean, lose his life. Hawkeye dies as, as a casualty of this, basically sacrificing himself after they hit his uh, trick arrows in his bag, takes one more out with him in classic Hawkeye fashion and blows up that whole jet. And I'm just like, well, I didn't expect that. I was low-key okay with, like, 
I mean, Jack of Hearts came back from the dead. Didn't even realize he was dead, <laughs> but then just blows up. I was like, okay, I wasn't really attached to that character. Vision comes in, and Spider-Man kind of talked me through that one. Um, who Obviously, at the very beginning with Jack of Hearts, we lose Scott Lang. And I'm like, oh, oh we at least still have one Ant-Man. <laughs> but Hawkeye? You can't take Hawkeye from me. Yeah, Hawkeye was rough, and and he he was a great character in this series here. But my I think my favorite since I haven't actually answered your question yet, Bo. My favorite character this run was was Tony Stark. I think you know he had to deal with he was like Wanda had basically kind of caused him to seem drunk at the United Nations conference, and nobody really believed that he hadn't been drunk because he I, I think at this point he's kind of recovering from maybe having some problems in the past and he hasn't drank for a while and nobody really believed him so he kind of had to just take off for a minute and leave the group behind but then he ultimately came back and helped him out I think it was crazy too that it, it shows like especially at the end when he comes in and just talks about the effects of everything that the Avengers are so powered through Tony Stark and all of his cash moolah like they obviously because of that become somewhat of a like a government backing but they're all run through Tony Stark and, and his money and, and as he kind of has to step down like that's kind of what causes the trickle effect of a yeah I was going to talk to you guys I'm actually out too um and then I think another thing too that I definitely want to talk about first off Tony Stark fantastic choice like Iron Man just causes he brings in so such a drama effect to all of it. Like he is just a man in a suit and has so much tie to all of this and ends up kind of working his way to some form of leadership or some kind of backing to pretty much every Avengers team. Um, so I, I definitely appreciate that. But um, Doctor Strange in this, obviously, again, tying this to the MCU, we know that with kind of this disassembled House of M, Wanda breaking loose that, with the battle of the chaos magic comes the, the dark arts and uh, the sorcerer Supreme himself. So Dr. Strange comes in and he's like, eh, guys, hate to break it to you, but uh, things are not going well. Um, he's just, I feel like so powerful in so many different comic aspects too, which is awesome to see. Um, people kind of initially challenge him and, and question him, but my man always knows exactly what he's talking about. And he's not as tied into the Avengers as I feel like he is in the MCU and the comics where he's just kind of like this, this outside body that comes in every now and then because he's got his own stuff going on. But uh, to see his play in, in here is, is really cool too. And I know that that's obviously going to be a power struggle because you can't fight magic without magic. 100%. Um, overall, I, I loved it though. And it's interesting you mentioned Spider-Man, because I'm going to talk about Spider-Man once we get into Secret War, if you are ready, Joey, to give the wonderful recap. Oh, I am always ready to give a wonderful recap. So, Secret War. Um, spoilers for Secret War ahead. Please pause the podcast if you like to go and read. Luke Cage and Jessica Jones are attacked in Luke Cage's home, leaving him in a coma. Jessica Jones somehow survives, but I guess that just goes to show you she's more powerful than Luke Cage. But uh, similar attacks happen to our heroes Daredevil and Spider-Man, as well as the man, the myth, the legend himself, Captain America. All the while, Spider-Man seems to start having these flashbacks to scenes that he doesn't quite remember occurring in Latveria. Is it Latveria or Latveria, by the way? I've always said Varia. I know. Well, Brady, we know how you pronounce things. So (laughs) I was going to say Latveria, but I feel like now we should say the opposite. Now it's Latvaria. Latvaria. (laughs) All right. Yes. Uh, Well, anyways, through uh, we get kind of past and present storylines going on at the same time from a year apart. But we learned that uh, one year ago, Nick Fury brought intel to the president indicating that there was a terrorist organization being funded by the new Latvian prime minister, uh, Lucia Van Bardas, I think is her name. And so the president just flat out refuses to do anything. So Fury tasks a ragtag group of heroes, which include our boys, Spider-Man, 
Daredevil, Wolverine, Luke Cage, we get Black Widow, we get Captain America, and we get some unknown female S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. And they all fly to Latveria with the goal of overthrowing the government. So when confronting the Prime Minister, Fury decides the only language that they will understand is violence, and the unknown female agent levels the facility using some sort of earthquake powers, assassinating the leader of Latveria. The team is, quite frankly, not thrilled with Fury's decision, and they are mind-wiped and basically retain no memory of Fury's secret war. And so in the present day, this group assembles again to battle the seemingly alive once again Von Bardas, the Prime Minister. She's back somehow. And after the female agent once again saves the day, the group confronts Fury, who he knew something was going to happen after this whole confrontation. So he, you know, very wisely replaced himself with a life model decoy, which... I love a good Nick Fury life model decoy. We get tons of Nick Fury life model decoys in Marvel Comics, and this is just one instance. So basically, he replaces himself with an android um, so that when Wolverine tries to kill him, he's he's still okay. But the series ends with Maria Hill, who's now kind of taking Fury's place as the head S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. She's interrogating this female agent that was involved in this whole thing, who's revealed to be... 18-year-old Daisy Johnson, who's the daughter of the Marvel villain Mr. Hyde. Uh, She reveals absolutely nothing, but she seemingly remains in touch with Nick Fury. And Maria Hill is briefed by the president, who claims to not really harbor any love whatsoever for superheroes. And that is Secret War. Thoughts, gentlemen? Just fantastically read and written, Joey. Thank you, thank you. I can only give Marvel half the credit because I do steal (laughs) a lot of what I wrote down here from the introductory pages of some of the comics. Just just to clarify, while you were recapping, I looked up Latveria, and I do believe it is pronounced Latveria. And if you were wondering, it is located south of Hungary, west of Romania, and north of Serbia. Okay, I'm going to throw out a... a, uh... (laughs) completely shocked response because i thought latveria was a made-up place <laughs> so it is it, it absolutely but they is. put it on a map oh okay <laughs> now i'm less surprised and a little more comforted thank you although although now i wish brady and i had just kind of decided to go along with that and pretended <laughs> that it was a real place yeah it is definitely made up but they did uh it looks like it looks like they did put it uh on a map so that you could see where it would be. Um, the cities include Doomsburg, Doomsdale, Doomstat, Doomsvale, Doomton, Doomwood, and Doom City. All are very creatively named. <laughs> yes. But, yeah, but my first note from this comic is that I do know exactly when in real life this comic series takes place, boys. Because in one of the comic panels that we get very early on, it talks about a certain, uh, I believe it was an Indianapolis Pacers game that was played against the Milwaukee Bucks, in which the Pacers won 103 to 100, which t- marked their sixth straight win to start the season at 7 and 1. And I looked this up. That game. They beat the Bucks in overtime on Friday, November 15th, 2002. So this comics uh, storyline takes place November 15th, 2002, and they referenced real-life NBA basketball statistics. The, uh, Interesting. Because, yeah, this of... was written in, in 2005, like right around that same December mark. So they, they wrote about this three years past. The time of Jermaine O'Neal and Reggie Miller... The loves, the loves of my, uh, my childhood. Uh, oh, actually, that's right after Reggie, I believe. <clears throat> but they did have Meta World Peace on that roster, and he was on the box score. So Meta World Peace is Marvel canon, I'm just saying. Ron well, Artest let's, let's talk in. about roster for a second. Holy dream team. I don't know if I'm biased because I'm such a huge, like, 
new Avengers fan through the, through the Bendis run. But, I mean, you've got Cap, Wolverine, Daredevil, Spider-Man, Luke Cage, uh, bringing in the, I mean, obviously Black Widow has a huge role in this as well, too. Uh, towards the later issues, we get appearances from the Fantastic Four and some of the other X-Men. But that, that core team, like if I was Nick Fury... I would have assembled this whole team, like pretty much name for name, because that's that's a dream team right there. And we get our first introduction to the unknown S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, also known as Quake. And I am With, so happy. Did either of you watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yes. Definitely, yes. Yes. I loved realizing who this was, like four issues in, because I didn't realize who it was for the longest of time. We're obviously very familiar with Maria Hill and, and her role through the MCU and kind of being side by side with with Nick Fury um, and then eventually kind of taking over in that same slot. But yeah, Quake, very, very cool. Um, I loved her casting in um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as well, too. Like that was a that was a cool show. I, I definitely like that take. Just because, I mean, we got to see Agent Coulson alive again. <laughs> but uh, Quake was a super cool character. And, like, seeing her, I didn't ever expect her to become somebody, like, with powers. Very much so, like, how this played out. Yep. And then, you know, you get to the last episode, and she's uh, blowing up Wolverine's heart with her powers. So, um, I will say, though, you mentioned it earlier about Spider-Man. And I'll say personally, as an MCU person whose first introduction to Spider-Man was Tobey Maguire, right? I didn't get the Spider-Man love. I'm going to be honest. I like Tobey Maguire. Didn't get the Spider-Man love. Didn't understand why everyone was freaking out. Didn't understand why he could be anyone's favorite superhero. Once they started getting into it and you start doing the, the funny jokes with Tom Holland and all that, started to make a little more sense. But then you get into comic books and I started reading this and the jokes. You already mentioned the ones in, in Disassembled, but, you know the back and forth between him and daredevil had me like crack and rolling up laughing um so i'm i i start i'm starting to understand why people like spider-man still not my favorite i'm i'm still a deadpool joke cracker but i i am a big i, I i'm understanding why why the spider-man love is there um i think the best joke that spider-man has ever told or been a part of is his desperate attempt to hang on to his secret identity. <laughs> I feel oh. like the rest of the people in the superhero community just laugh at it. <laughs> I mean, literally everyone in this series knows that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, Daredevil, Wolverine, you know, these S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, Captain America, everyone knows that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Yeah, and he's and just then, baffled by that too because he's like i've put so much work and effort into making sure that you guys didn't know that and yeah i think he's kind of like starstruck by the people on this roster as well too i think the funny again i think they to a t matt murdoch daredevil peter parker spider-man obviously steve rogers captain america like these are just infamous characters but the way that they played logan in this um as wolverine i've just never seen him so gritty like he was just kind of gross and like the way that he would hit on the the girls on the same panel and just i don't think there was ever a drawing scene of him without some kind of alcohol in his hand like this was like and just being short and and hairy and stubby and just just wolverine like that was cool you don't see him a lot usually he's like kind of like we mentioned just this leader of the team hero x-men everybody follow me into battle but this was just like this is street level wolverine which i liked a lot well are you telling me you don't like a good ejaculation joke <laughs> i love every <laughs> ejaculation joke but first, man he's first just introduction to wolverine in this in this issue he walks out of the bathroom and and apologizes to the uh to the flight attendant saying he had to drop his kids off at the pool. I lost it. I lost it. It was so funny. <laughs> well, hold on. Let's let's talk here. Does it? Is taking the kids to the pool a poop joke, Brady? Is it? Or I thought it was an ejaculation joke. Is it in your kids? You know, it, I mean, it could be taken either way. I see where you're going with this. See, but it could I'd be taken either way. Joey, how did you read it? 
I don't know that I associated it at first with an ejaculation joke, but it makes all the sense in the world, and I feel like Brady's uh, correct here. And but yeah, I mean, I would describe Logan's behavior in this run as frat boyish, so it it fits the mold. He's sitting there talking to Peter Parker on the plane, and he's just Peter's just like, uh, "What's going on, dude?" And he's like, "Nothing. What's going on with you?" But he's like. I don't think I've I've never seen the side of you. I've never met you drunk. And he's just like, sure you have. <laughs> he's just like, yeah, well, yeah, you have. I'm sure you have. But the the evolution of Wolverine through this whole thing, um, getting to the end where he literally gets upset at uh, Nick Fury for wiping his mind and literally tries to kill him, takes his claws out and puts him through his chest, only to find out it was a robot Nick Fury. But like. Wanting to do that is insane. And then he gets its heart exploded for trying by Quake. But like just there's one thing you don't mess with, and that's Logan's Yeah, I agree, Bo. There's and one thing you don't it's... mess with, and that is <laughs> Bo's internet connection because it has won the battle, it appears. <laughs> but I don't I don't I who I guess we I, I'll talk to you about your favorite character while we're getting Bo back, uh Joey. Who was your favorite character from start to finish in this series? I mean, I feel like my favorite character had to be Spider-Man. The way that he had to deal with going through these memories that he had that he couldn't quite place. Like, he, he felt like they were real, but, you know, he had his mind wiped, so he had no memory of it. But he was starting to recall what happened. And seeing the group that he saw in his, you know, dream that he thought were dreams, uh, seeing them start to assemble everyone, like dealing with a similar kind of attack all of a sudden, it's this group that he was dreaming about. And then just the revelation that he had had his mind wiped. He had participated in this, basically an assassination. Um, and Peter Parker's like the symbol of good and never crossing that line. You know, he, he will always find a different way, but to just, have to slowly throughout the the run of this comic come to terms with the fact that he participated in this secret war that was ultimately an assassination and just like leveling of this facility with multiple people in it um he gets my my vote for my favorite hero of this story and now that we've got Bo back i'll do mine and then pass it over to him for his favorite character but i think my favorite character is nick fury man I just something about Nick Fury where he's always the mastermind. He always is one step ahead of everybody. He doesn't have this crazy superpower, but he knows exactly what to say and what to do and where to be and where not to be. Having a robot to not die to Logan, how do you know that's going to happen? Only Nick Fury knows. And that's why, like, the, yet again, another, another evil lurk, right? Ish. You know, we had Wanda's with... Uh, with disassembled and then here we have nick fury literally like saying i don't care how many people die like i'm doing this and then i'm gonna try to hide the evidence and wipe everyone's memory like it's like a, a darker side of nick fury that you're not used to seeing because samuel L. jackson is always the good guy so it's 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 really interesting I'm, i love seeing it and i think it's uh i think it, the character development is really good what do you got bo well, there's so many good characters in this. Um, I was really going to deep dive into it before I was so rudely interrupted by me forgetting to charge my phone. And uh, I'm guessing I, I wasn't even present for this part of it. I caught the very tail end of it. Joey, was your favorite character Spider-Man? Yes, it absolutely was. Oh, cool. Okay, so we'll, we'll just play like a big well, like gasping noise because we're all so shocked by that. But I can't blame you for that one um one thing we didn't talk about before i get into who my favorite character was is that uh, the amount of maybe we did talk about it i did cut off for quite a bit there but <laughs> the amount of villains that are in this um all the different tech villains and their association with it a lot of it is and he admits this as well too spider-man he's like these are my guys like that's a lot of his rogues gallery it's kind of like those street level tech villains and we get to see some people that i wasn't super familiar with but a lot that i think that we are which was cool seeing some of those people like the, the shocker and, and scorpion and some of those people that you see peter parker fight on a pretty pretty daily basis so i thought that kind of evil villain team up was was pretty cool as well 
And this Bo is always going to be. If, sorry, if I could throw in one one more villain, the Tinkerer, not the same Tinkerer from that 1962 comic that we read, but the Tinkerer nonetheless. <laughs> he was the ultimately yes. like funding the terrorist organization. Oh yeah, huge role in this one. Uh, obviously, a little bit of a different role from the last time that we read, but this was the Tinkerer that I remembered when we read that uh, previous one. That was a that was a Spider-Man comic, right? Yes, it was, and he was, I think, an alien. Potentially, no, he wasn't a scroll, but he was an alien. I think that. Yeah, it was just some unnamed machines. alien race. So what I my say, favorite character go, go. in this has to be. Um, and he's not my favorite in a lot. Runner-up, I just want to give this man a, a, an honorary mention as well, too. Daredevil. Like, this gives me very street-level comic vibes. Um, specifically because it's about to tie into that new Avengers team that, that runs after this. His association with, with Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and Iron Fist. And um, just, I, I love that whole aspect of it. Obviously, Spider-Man as well, too. But... I just love when Wolverine gets involved because even when they come and attack him, he's just outside of the um, X mansion and they don't attack the mansion. They just attack him. So Wolverine's just kind of always off doing his own thing and he can be associated and is associated with like every team possible. He's been an Avenger. He's been on the defenders like street level. He's obviously been an X-Man X-Force. He's been a member of the fantastic four like he's just a little bit of everywhere and he's been a, he's been a samurai like the more i dive into it the deeper of a love i've gained for for logan and wolverine and i actually just read old man logan which is maybe why i'm saying this answer um but just to know that this man is like inevitable he's he's always going to do that do his part and yeah he was so quick to just say you messed with the wrong guy bub and and throw six claws straight into this lmd of nick fury and uh i i love that again i don't have a dark dark part of me but to see that come out through wolverine who's just not afraid to ask and ask questions later and just kind of really get into that it, it's it's unexpected it draws a climax it it kind of just throws you off guard and always keeps you on your toes because you know that he's gonna try to do what's best and what's right but if you mess with the wrong guy like wolverine does what he does best and what he does ain't pretty and it's yeah, that's my vote for sure, Mr. Logan. To go off of that that answer, Bo, one of the things that I loved yet again, coming from the MCU and not having a comic background, is I went, ooh, Defenders. Because I loved the Netflix series. I loved watching Luke Cage. I watched every single season of Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, even Iron Fist that wasn't that great. And getting to see them all together in a comic, I'm like, oh, okay. They are actually a thing. <laughs> and so I'm I am very excited. I hope I know that they've hinted at, you know, Daredevil coming into the MCU within She-Hulk. They put they put him in a little bit. The actual like one that was in in the Netflix series. I really hope yet again that they do something, some kind of spin-off. I'd love to see Daredevil and Spider-Man working together. Heck, I'd oh. love to see Daredevil and Deadpool and Spider-Man together. Strap in, Brady, because we're supposed to get what is it, Bo? Like an eighteen-episode season of Daredevil. It is eighteen, and they just signed on the guy who previously played the Punisher to be in there as well. Obviously, they recasted oh. Kingpin uh, from the Hawkeye series and the original Daredevil series as well to kind of tie in those universes. Um, so, some some pretty pretty cool stuff coming in that front. I actually just read. And Brady, I think this is another one that you would love. This isn't on our list, but something you might want to throw in the background was in 2017, Netflix coined the phrase Defenders for that street level group. Before that, the, the Defenders were a whole different team of, of like um, Doctor Strange, the Hulk, Namor, uh, Silver Surfer, Valkyrie. This is the street level, level Defenders. And yeah, those four are just iconic with this. And I just read, I think it's a 10 series one. There's some Spider-Man in that. There's Deadpool in it. There's Wolverine in that. Like that's a really, really cool run that I, I would recommend to anybody because it's very standalone, um, but it, it's a cool story about anybody that's a fan of that Netflix show. A lot of people describe it as like what the Netflix show should have been uh, when they finally teamed up for that Defender season one and season two. So um I'm excited for that as well, Joey. I know you're re-watching it. I'm re-watching it all as well, too. Just trying to catch up for when that finally hits. But um, 
Yeah, Charlie Cox is Matt, Matt Murdock. Like, I've, I've got a deep love for that. I am struggling to rewatch it. I'll say that, but I will. I'll make my way through it. I'm still on it's Jessica so Jones much. season two. It's so many episodes. It is a lot of episodes, but yeah. Before we get too off topic here, one last character that I did want to shout out from the series that we haven't really talked about um, is Captain America. I mean, he is a typically you know white bread guy kind of just pure straightforward good uh you know symbol of good and and always doing the right thing but he also had to deal with all of this stuff that went down and the fact that uh you know he he took part in all of this and kind of lost his memory as well he gained his memory back before everyone because he's captain america and of course he's going to get his memory back quicker than everyone else but he kind of loses his cool with Nick Fury for a little bit. He snaps at Nick Fury and and kind of, you know, goes off on him for a, a little bit, which is, I feel like, something to me that is brand new that I've never seen from Captain America is just him actually, like, snapping and going off on someone like that. Yeah, I love that, because that's scary. I mean, Captain America is not somebody to mess with. And yeah, he's the glue of every team. He's that kind of consistent factor that you expect to kind of steer the team in the right direction anybody that disagrees like it doesn't matter what the directive is like he always does what he feels or what the audience should feel is true and and like morally right um in this i think he's in a huge huge just he's also a big aspect of shield and being a shield agent and don't quote me on this but i'm pretty sure the reason he gets his memory back first is he says that it's some kind of like clearance that actually happens where they go and like unlock some parts of his memory for like on an as needed to know basis i am pretty positive that that happened in like issue three or four or something and then he starts going out and and kind of like checking in on these other people accordingly because of what he's regained um but yeah to see him kind of be a part of this he's obviously questioning it the whole time but like at the end of the day he's a soldier he knows war um all all of these people were brought there for some reason whether or not because they be expendable or or what in the eyes of Nick Fury but I think he put together a pretty big dream team and you don't have a dream team without Captain America for sure and I think what you're referencing is I I believe he was a shield agent at one point and as a shield agent they make their agents undergo like massive mind uh tests and, and mind experiments so that they get used to having your memory like wiped so that you can be better at fighting it i think that's how they explained that if i'm that 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 checks out yeah i think that that actually sounds familiar so that's kind of what caused him to to come back to it sooner but yeah captain america for you i mean captain america is the only person that i've ever heard say avengers assembled so if he's not there the avengers can't assemble you know there have been many other that have, have filled in to say that. Um, nope. I, I remember reading a comic that, like, there's the first time that Sam Wilson actually says it when he's the active Captain America. And he's like, is this okay to say? <laughs> Technically, um, he's still Captain America. So only person but, who can say Avengers Assembled is Captain America. And that's all I'm saying. <laughs> I think we will be proved wrong in that statement. That won't, that won't age well. But, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of his thing. So Brady, thoughts on? Have we got just kind of your general? This this is your first time for both of these. This is my second time for both of these. Um, different aspects to both. What which one did you enjoy more, and why? I think I enjoyed the Secret War more, um, and mostly because I think the plot line for me was a little bit better. Um, with disassembled right like i said i called it halfway through knowing the mcu and i'm like oh wanda's up to her shenanigans and then by the end it was up wanda was up to her shenanigans and kids were involved and you know chaos magic and yada 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 get it understood that this is a different territory though this is nick fury the guy who's always you know right and always makes the good call kind of making the wrong call and then covering himself and wiping memories of superheroes, and then all of these villains, you know, being being teamed up ag- almost against their will. Like, it was just a really cool, like, thing to throw together 
and you you know you say team up, not just team ups of of the Avengers, but team ups of the villains in this were just way cool, way better. So I'm a big fan of Secret War. That has to be my choice as well too. Um, I like the kind of the 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 government's involvement in this one, just preluding to what's about to happen with Civil War. I think it's cool to go back and read this and and see kind of like why Nick Fury is in the state that he is when he used to be top dog, head of S.H.I.E.L.D. And we're about to see S.H.I.E.L.D. undergo several different versions here in the near future with these comics um, and the different large events because S.H.I.E.L.D. has such a massive role in kind of the the policing of the the superhero world and the supervillain world and, and their ties into the government whether that be morally right or not and then yeah to go back and read the, kind of the um transcripts of the president talking with maria hill and and seeing her role and what's about to happen is obviously a big prelude to what's about to happen and kind of the public's outlook um and their opinions on superheroes and, and masked fighters in general as opposed to somebody who's controllable by the government um i i think i love this so much because of you could read this as a story by itself you really could it's got a start it's got an end um it's you could without knowing what happens before or after it's just a cool story because you get the flashback aspect of it you get to go back and you get some closure to oh, okay that's what happened um but i love this because i know what's about to happen because of this and the other thing is, I think it could be its own movie in a five-issue series, which is crazy. You know, with Disassembled, I think you would have to add a little more. I think you would have to go more in-depth into, you know, Wanda's craziness and, you know, basically spin off WandaVision for it to make sense, kind of. But with Secret Wars, they packed a really good story into five issues, and it made sense, and I was I walked away satisfied. And I think if they could make a, a full two-and-a-half-hour length movie and just go into tiny little details and it more and it would be i would sit through it watch it intently so that would be yeah. cool because again you, you use these names that like you don't need the character development there because you know daredevil you know captain america you know spider-man um so you don't need to go into the big histories or origin stories for that but to go in and see kind of like why is this happening to these people and how did they get there and then get that flashback and that fill in we found out kind of at the same time that these heroes are finding out, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, I think the Disassembled was much more action-packed. It's just non-stop battle, 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 constant things happening. But in terms of it, you know, story development, character development, seeing the struggles of these characters come across, Secret War is definitely, I think, the superior story. But Something that we haven't talked about at all that I'm interested in hearing both of your thoughts on. Bo, I want to start with you, actually, because this is typically something that you bring up over Brady and I. But the artwork was vastly different between these two storylines. And Avengers Disassembled, while I think it had more to, to play with because it just had so much going on, so many characters, that was kind of cool seeing that. But I was personally more of, of a fan, although I, I it took me a while to get used to it because it was not at all what I'm used to reading a comic in terms of the artwork. But I, I did kind of like this grittier artwork that we got in Secret War. It was just not what I am used to reading comics, but it was kind of cool. So I'm interested in hearing your thoughts on the different artwork and, and what you liked. And, and before, Brady, yeah, go I, ahead. I was going to say, before Bo goes... Also, my favorite artwork of the Beast. All right, go ahead. So, yes, comparatively, they're very, very different. Um, and there's some cool things. Fun fact here, I lied to both of you. This was not my second time reading Secret War. Because when I originally started comics, I read Disassembled the way that you're supposed to. And then I dove into Secret War. And then when I went back to my continued reading as we came here to this assignment, I made it four pages into the first issue and never went on past that. And I remember, and I think I even mentioned this to you guys before too, is that I stopped specifically because of the art and dialogue style. And I found it a little hard to read. Um, it, I, it wasn't kind of like that poppy, bold black outline. It almost looked more painted. And uh, I didn't realize kind of the true nature of the story at the time. So I was like, uh, this is probably skippable. 
And I did. I just continued on with the next Avengers comic line and never came back to this. And now that I did, such an appreciation for this. Because I've read many, many things past this. Um, one thing that I would reference it to the most is probably one of my favorite Marvel artists, which is Alex Ross, who doesn't digitally design any of his panels. He hand draws and then doesn't ink them. He paints them. And this gives me a very painted, just kind of dark, gritty, um, kind of a, a cool take on realism in a lot of these um, just essence. And it's, it's so much cooler. So going back, I would have had a different answer the first time that I read it. But now, yeah, Secret War is definitely my favorite art style um, for what it was, for like a limited issue. I still prefer uh, reading comics that are a little bit more poppy, bold outlined, um, kind of big full panels, not a ton of dialogue. Um, as opposed to, I mean, there was a lot of dialogue in this, especially like those screenshot pages of like the transcripts of where it's like essentially no pictures whatsoever, but it's one person talking to another from like a, what looks like an email, or like an AIM format. Um, so those are definitely not my favorite panels, but yeah, going back and reading this, even the way that the characters are drawn, like Logan, like, uh, I almost said Scarlett Johansson, like, um, Natasha Romanoff as she's the Black Widow undercover in, in that uh, Latvian country. Um, it's just so, so cool. I, I, I love this a lot. So I'm glad you made a point to bring that up. Brady, thoughts on the artwork, the difference between the two? So I didn't notice that much of a difference between the two, personally. Um, but I'm also a comic noob. And I'm looking at it from, well, we read these ones where everyone's walking around in spandex and bright colors from the 60s. And this is way different than this. This is darker, and I like it. So, so I think both of them were kind of a, sh a shock factor to me for how different they were from not just the 60s ones, but the 80s ones that I read. So I, I, am, I am excited to get more into it to see the differences, but I do... I, I think I'm too new to the newer ones to actually see it. Huge. I think comparisons within the same issues, because we didn't talk about this either. Did you guys have an appreciation? I know I did. An appreciation for where they kind of went and switched over to the older style of art um, in Disassembled, specifically like where it flashes back in Wanda's history and talks about them joining the Avengers for the first time. Um, and it's it's drawn exactly how it was in the original comics. I think seeing that like from one panel to the next is a night and day difference. I just kind of figured that those were actual, like just pulled from old Marvel comics because it seemed to me that that had already happened. Like those were scenes that have already happened. And they were just random flashbacks that they kind of threw in there to take up, you know three more pages so that they could justify having the giant size for the 36 page comic. No. Yeah. I definitely think they were. I think that those were original artworks and drawings that were just pulled from to kind of right. give some background to the story. But yeah, just seeing the way the one was drawn on one panel to throwing this historical panel in, in, in the same one, I thought was like a, Oh yeah. I mean, that's cool, but I get why we stopped reading these. <laughs> Yeah, it was cool to see that flashback, and then and then especially in the funeral scene in the Avengers finale, which we didn't really talk too much about in the Avengers disassembled storyline. You know, they're just going back, talking about their favorite moments in Avengers history, and we we kind of got, if I remember correctly, we kind of got like a mixture of like there was some old comic strips thrown in there, but there was also some reimaginings of some of those storylines kind of from a modern artistic perspective. But um yeah, just the between these two storylines here, I I I'm I'm it, you know, I was interested to hear Brady's thoughts as a comic newbie. But uh, I would say Brady just the the first one the first storyline is much more like classic comics. I feel like that's what we will see much more of going forward. Whereas this one's just like a little more grittier. It's not like quite as bright. Things are a little darker, you know, less colorful, a little more gray and things thrown in there. But um, yeah, it was just something that very, it threw me off when I started reading this story was the, the artwork threw me off at first, but it took a little bit to get used to. I, uh, I've enjoyed it. And I'm, I, I am, like I said, I'm excited to, 
start reading and see what else is out there. So I'm 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 ready for the next reading assignment, boys. Yeah. So this next reading assignment, which I think we're doing two weeks, or is it a one week from now? Do we have to catch up now so that we can maintain our our schedule on to Secret Wars? Or I mean, Secret Invasion. Sorry. If, if we're gonna keep up with that timeline, yeah, we definitely need to kind of go a little back to back here, which would put us rather than filling with a bonus episode, which I think this week should have been. Uh, that'll give us a week to read the next issue. Let's do it. So I believe it's only what five issues or so. We're just doing kind of the main story run, the the title. And Bo, correct me if I'm wrong. We're reading and House of M. Is that the next one? It is, yeah. The next one is, is House of M. Um, just kind of giving a brief preview. Uh, after that, we'll be reading Civil War. And then following that is the World War Hulk comic event. Um, and then that should have us still in pace with Secret Invasion for 620. All right. So House of M next week. House of M next week. And to you next week, goodbye, our fellow podcast listeners. We are signing off. See you next week. Adios. Thanks, everybody. I got this. I b- believe in me, right? Believe in me. Believe, 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 believe. And then I saw her face. Now I'm a believer. <laughs> Not a trace. Not in my mind. I mean, love. No. I'm a believer. Wait, where's? <laughs> I've got ways, guys. I've got ways. I'm leaving all of this in, by the way. That's fine.